All right, welcome on back to the Pineapple Couch. This is episode 96 of the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob, and I am B-Rob as always. And today we got a great show for you. Um, we're going to talk a little Tim Tebow. We're going to talk to uh, John Robbins as he ends his freshman year of college. A little drama there and a little nice tease there by me. Um, I'm also going to be talking about the Oakland A's and their future. And as well as getting into some mailbag questions from you, the listeners, that I've gathered over the last few months. So stay tuned for that. That should be fun. You guys did not hold back and took many shots at me, which I appreciate. Um, If you like what you're listening to, go ahead and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And let's get into today's show. Episode 96. Let's ride. All right, guys, let's talk about this Tim Tebow situation we got going on. He's back in the headlines, Timmy headlines, we should call him, um, after his stint in Double A with, I believe, the Mets. I mean, we know about his career in the NFL. I believe he's like 8-6, and six, and he won that crazy weird game against the Steelers in the playoffs with the Broncos. We know about the flaws in his throwing accuracy and that sort of stuff, but obviously an incredible college football player. Um, and so he's back in the headlines now because his old college football coach, Urban Meyer, from the days of Florida, is now the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it has come out that the Jaguars are going to be signing signing Tim Tebow to what appears to be a one-year deal to play tight end. He worked out a couple times, and they were impressed. And so that's what we got. Tim Tebow is going to make a run at being an NFL tight end when he's 33 years old. So this has been a big story because Tim Tebow, here's the thing about him. People hate him. They hate Tim Tebow. And I was never, like, a giant Tebow fan. Obviously, he played for the Broncos, so I was like, "Eh, fuck the donkeys. But I didn't ever hate Tim Tebow. Because, I mean, what? He seems like a genuine nice guy. I mean, can you really say that Tim Tebow looks like it seems like a bad person? No. So I don't get the Tebow hate. But I would like to say, like, I was never a big Tebow fan. Until now. The internet, specifically Twitter, lost its fucking mind. When the Jags signed Tim Tebow, they lost their shit. It, you would have thought like a national tragedy happened with the way people were reacting to Tim Tebow being signed to the Jags. And I'm pretty sure this contract, like most NFL contracts, is probably non-guaranteed. And there's probably a chance that Tim Tebow gets cut before the season even starts. So why are we freaking about, about this so much? I keep seeing shit of people saying like, it's not fair to the people who have been grinding their whole lives and playing this game, and Tim Tebow, just because of, like, his name gets this, like, opportunity, and there's two things about this that I want to say, so one, let's not act like Tim Tebow doesn't work hard and grind, he played in double-A baseball for, like, four years, he, he is, he works hard, that's what we vote, if we can say anything about Tim Tebow, is that he works very hard, so, and he's dedicated his life to sports, so I don't get that, and then the second thing is, and this is the most important thing, why are all these people acting like they give a shit? Are they really, like, for the, I guess, the the likes on Twitter that show other people that they're a good person? I do not buy any of it that any of these people really care about these tight ends that are, in like, not in the NFL that maybe, maybe could make a practice squad. Let's not all act like we give a shit about this. Yeah, you can, it's, it's, I'm, yeah, I'm being straight up with this. No one gives a shit about that, and people just use it to complain and get, like, little virtue signaling likes on social media. So now I'm a giant Tim Tebow fan. I hope he goes off. I hope he has the best season ever for a tight end. I hope he wins a Super Bowl. 
except if they play the Chargers, obviously. Justin Herbert, you're still my guy. But the I, I just how I work, and maybe it's because I'm an asshole. But when I see everyone complaining about something so much, it's like okay. You guys are so annoying about complaining about it that now I want it to keep happening so you're miserable. So I hope Tim Tebow has an amazing year because I, the, like I said, guys, you would have thought it was a national tragedy or something that had happened. And in reality, it was Tim Tebow signing a guaranteed or a non-guaranteed, I guarantee it's non-guaranteed deal with the Jaguars. And who knows if he even makes it to the season, um, but yeah, the way the social media reaction to that and the idea that these people are trying to make us seem like trying to make it seem like they care about this shit, like they really do. No, they don't. They don't care at all. They're going to go to bed just fine tonight. Nothing will change for them. They are just trying to get their likes on social media and seem like a good person. So because of that, my middle finger to those people is I am a giant Tim Tebow fan now, and I hope he has a fucking amazing season. I hope he's the best tight end ever, and I can't wait because it's just fucking ridiculous. What the fuck is wrong with people, guys? What the fuck is wrong? All right, enough on Tebow. Go Tebow. Big Tebow guy now. The other big thing I wanted to talk about today is the situation that's going on with the Oakland A's. The A's, I mean, having a great start to this MLB season. The Giants are as well, but that's not the point. Um, the A's, their Jeff Passan, basically the Schefter or Woj of MLB, said uh, that it, it's looking like there's a good chance that the A's could potentially relocate, whether that be Las Vegas, Nashville, Portland. Not really sure. There's still, it seems, looks like there's still an opportunity and a, a good chance for them to stay in Oakland. I think, but the reason I want to talk about this is because. I think this is like an unprecedented thing, what we're seeing happen in the last five or so years with a big city like this. Has a big city ever lost this amount of like sports teams? Like you think about it, Oakland had the big three. They had a, a team from each of the main three leagues in America. And yes, I'm not including the NHL. And yes, I'm not including soccer because soccer is dumb. But that is a different point and it's something for another podcast. The thing that we're seeing with the A's though in Oakland they lose the Raiders to Las Vegas. And so they also lose the Golden State Warriors who go to San Francisco. Keep in, I mean, keep in mind, it's not that far, but they left where they were playing in Oakland and went to San Francisco. So that is a, a that hurts Oakland, you would say. That would hurt the surrounding areas. You would think that with professional sports teams around, it would bring more business and that sort of stuff. And so they lose the Warriors who go to San Francisco. And now it's coming out about the A's potentially moving. And I'm not bringing this up to like rub dirt in the wound of Oakland. I, I, I like the A's. I, the only team in Oakland I don't like is the Raiders. And it's because I'm a Chargers fan. But I do like it's different. Like the Raiders, like I am a fan. Of, like I'm a, they're my rival. I don't love them. But I do like in a weird way respect the Raiders, if that makes sense. Because it's like obviously a legendary team, all-time uniforms. I, I like the rivalry too. But that's a side tangent. I don't know why I went down. But the thing is, is it's going to be so interesting to see how this A's situation deals out. Because and you guys can write in and tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, have we ever seen a major city lose three major sports teams within like a five-year stretch? I'm not like an economist or I don't know that much money. I'm not that smart. But you, you got to assume the amount of money that losing those three teams 
cost in like the future for like maybe the how the businesses would increase with the amount of people coming in that area it's it's gotta have had to have lost oakland so much money so it's really shitty um i do like the the battle of the bay the bridge the bay bridge series that rivalry the giants and the a's that's obviously not that big but it's just it would suck to see the a's leave and i just don't think we've ever seen anything like this three major sports teams leaving a city in about five years so um any A's fans that have thoughts on this write in hit me up maybe bring you on we'll talk about it but I hope the A's stay I think there is a pathway for that to happen but based on what we've seen with the uh, teams in Oakland the last couple years of leaving and based on the horrificness that I had to witness with the Chargers trying to stay in San Diego it's just it's it sucks it's tough I as much as I want the A's to stay in Oakland, from it it's just going to be tough, it seems like. I don't have much faith in cities really fighting for their teams anymore because time and time again, we've kind of seen that they don't do that. So we'll see what, what happens with the A's. I don't know if they're asking for a bunch of taxpayer money. I feel like I doubt it because that usually gets received so negatively. I, I, I read something that it was a privately funded project, so... I don't know. Again, I don't know all the details on that. I'm not that smart, but just a he would be a huge loss to Oakland after they've already lost two iconic franchises. I mean, the Raiders are no longer in Oakland. It's crazy. Like I know they were in LA and stuff, but like you lost the Raiders and the Warriors, and now you're gonna lose the A's. It's just again, I'm just rambling because it's unprecedented. So we will check in on that as we get more information. The next thing I wanted to talk about, and this will be a quick one, is just, I think this happens every year, or, I mean, it definitely happened last year when Steph Curry missed some time, but the whole idea that, oh, there's not that big of a gap between Dame and Steph, and some people like saying, oh, Dame's better, which, I mean, we all know that that's not true, but I just will leave it like this. Let's never compare them again. Dame's a great player. He's not Steph Curry. It's not close, so let's not compare. Because it, it really just doesn't work out for Dame Lillard. I love Dame Lillard. Great player. Fun to watch. But when you're comparing him to Steph, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, yeah. And bring up the Durant thing of like, oh, the Warriors had Durant. Dame doesn't have Durant. Yeah, well, Durant was out when the Warriors played the Blazers in the playoffs. And Curry swept them and had better stats in every single category than Damian Lillard. It's just tough. I mean, a good friend of the program, Joe Rinaldi. I'm just letting you know, man. It will never be a conversation of who's better, Dame Lillard or Steph Curry. The book is closed. Steph Curry is a god. Dame, great, but he's mortal. So, wanted to say that. You know, I'm taking some shots today, guys. It's going to be a fun show. As in taking shots, I mean, I'm taking shots at people. I'm not consuming shots of alcohol. Mainly because I couldn't do it because I'm kind of a pussy. But that's a story for another time. Another thing I wanted to talk about relating to the Warriors and Steph in a way is um, do we think so? It looks like, guys, there's a great chance we get Warriors versus Lakers in a playing game. And so my question to you guys is, is there a chance that the highest-rated game of all of the, the entire NBA playoffs is that playing game of Lakers versus Warriors, LeBron versus Steph? I think there is. I think there's a good chance that that is the highest-viewed game. We don't need to go into like what we talked about last week with some of the problems the NBA is facing. But I think there is a great chance with TV ratings and all that stuff that the most watched game of 
all of the playoffs will be that Warriors versus Lakers game. I could be wrong. I mean, maybe we get a finals where it's KD in the Nets versus a healthy Nets team versus LeBron, AD in the Lakers, and the Lakers are running on full sil- uh like are rolling so we don't know but I do think there is a great chance that the first playing game of the playoffs between the Warriors and Lakers is the most viewed game in the entire playoffs obviously because of the star power so curious what you guys think on that but I I think there's a great chance that that happens all right this this will be interesting folks because uh Friend of the program, John Robbins, my younger brother, finishing up his freshman year at the University of Arizona, is currently right now on the way back to the lovely state of California with my father, Jeff Robbins, who you heard last weekend, and uh, Johnny overslept today, and I know my dad had to wait to move him out, so I'm sure the seven-hour car drive home is going swimmingly, and so let's give him a call and see how their journey through the desert is going and get some thoughts on John's freshman year at the University of Arizona. Here we go. Uh, hey. Hey, you guys are li- you guys are live on the pineapple couch. What do you mean? I'm calling you because I was uh, we're checking in. We're d- recording an episode right now, and we're checking in on you guys uh, driving home and how Johnny's uh, freshman up? year of college went. We're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like a uh, complete desert ass area right now. Yeah, it's like east of in between yuma and el centro so it's like sand dunes looks like the sahara desert I mean, it's like total sand it looks like tatooine and then there's a weird river running through it which is this canal shot off the colorado river how is there Very any water weird there? area because they dug this canal to connect it to the colorado river mm-hmm. and then that's what they used to irrigate the imperial valley fascinating hey we're learning all sorts of things on the pineapple couch today uh johnny i we the listeners and i had some questions for you about your uh, freshman year of college of course what's up ask him what happened this morning well we'll get to that we've already the listeners already know a bit about that but uh johnny how many classes did you attend in your freshman year of college like how many zoom lectures no 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 how many times did you go to class in person your Uh, freshman year of college Zero. Zero. I had a great time. What What would you say if you had to average the time you woke up every day, like even like weekdays, Monday through Friday, what would you say if you had to guess like what the average time you woke up in your freshman year of college was, what would you think? Probably like 11.30. No. 12? I don't know. Count pretty late. Like 1.30. Not 1.30. That's too did you, uh, what was your, what percentage of Zoom classes did you attend? I don't know. Uh, More than 50? I didn't really go to the optional ones too much. Ah, uh, wow. You went to less than 50% of your Zoom No, I went classes. to every single mandatory one, but the optional ones, like, they're mm. dumb. Um, Johnny, and then I just had a question for you, so... You knew that you were leaving early this morning to drive back, and Dad wanted to do it at 7 a.m. And so, shockingly, or not shockingly, you overslept. So I had a couple questions for you on how that all worked out. The first question would be, uh, what time did you go to bed, John? We got to know. Probably like 4. And, Johnny, did you set an alarm? Yes. You set how many? I messed up. That's good. Earlier, he was telling me that 
he didn't mean to hit snooze. I didn't. Like, did somebody... anyone ever mean to hit snooze? Like, it, yes. Yes. It's a voluntary. You, you choose ever, to hit snooze. Yes, you have to move your arm consciously and hit the snooze button. Well, it's on my phone, so it's not like it's an alarm. It doesn't matter. It's, it's the same thing. You have to choose. Happen. Wow. Yeah. You well, chose to snooze right through your... I drove hundreds of miles through the desert to pick you up. Hundreds of miles through the desert. Wow. The, the love of a father. And then... Took him out to a steak dinner last night. Got him lobster mac and cheese. Wow. But he didn't mean to hit the snooze button. His arm just shot out involuntarily and hit it. Johnny, do you have any uh, closing comments on your performance? This is slander. I'm sorry. How are you going to be better next time, John? The fans want to know. <laughs> really try and focus and not hit snooze. All right, so maybe nothing to do with the 4 a.m. going to bed? You don't think that's the problem? Last night. I had to say goodbye. You couldn't have said goodbye before 4 a.m.? No. All right. Well, uh, gentlemen, thank you. I uh, I got some potatoes in the oven, so I got to go get those out. But always a pleasure having you guys on the couch. And uh, enjoy the rest of your journey through the Sahara Desert. And, Johnny, I assume you'll probably fall asleep at some point. So good luck, Dad. Thank you, Brian. You're a good son. I am. Thank you. All right. Talk to you, you guys never, later. You never did that. I don't remember you ever sleeping in when I said I, you were going to come. I was going to come pick you up. I never did. What a good boy. Yeah. Tough times okay. for John Robbins. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Love you. Bye. Bye. All right. Let's now dig into the mailbag from you, the listeners. Um, we'll go through it pretty quickly. A little shorter show today, but got some good questions here. So let's get started. The first question is from Devin, and he asks, uh, who will have a better career, Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid? Good question, and really quick to remind everyone listening, if you want to send in questions to the mailbag to the Pineapple Couch, you can send it to us on our Twitter, on our Instagram. You can email brianrobbins54 at gmail.com, as well as the Pineapple Couch at gmail.com. So that's how you can get these questions in, and the more questions we get, the more of these we will do. So back to Devin's first question, who will have the better career, Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid? <clears throat> well, what's crazy is if you ask this when they were drafted, I mean, what, Jokic was a second-round pick? Embiid was going to be the number one pick, but a little injury concerns there. Um, and one thing, to Joel Embiid's credit, I will say, he has done a good job, I think, knock on wood, of staying healthy, and hopefully throughout his career he'll have a much longer career, um, because there was some time, obviously, in the beginning of his career where it's like, is this guy ever going to be healthy? So knock on wood, they can stay that way. But even if he does, I think... It's, it's not an easy answer, but I think it's Jokic. Jokic is the better of the two. I mean, it looks like he's going to be the first center to win MVP since Shaq. Um, he, has, he is already making an argument that he is maybe the greatest passing big man of all time. I apologize to Bill Walton. I know it's early, but some of the stuff we've seen from Jokic is incredible. I know uh, Russell Westbrook just broke that triple-double record, but if you look at the numbers that Jokic is putting up, he, I'm not saying he's going to like break Russ's record. He's going to get up there in that. The dude gets that many triple-doubles. He's that special. And um, an example of that is what we saw this year is how the Nuggets didn't really slip too much when Jamal Murray got hurt. Obviously, you can credit a little of that to the play of Michael Porter Jr., but I just think Jokic is an all-time special, special player. Like, very, very special. Um I think we could look at him at the end of his career as like a guy who is like on the level of like a Dirk. 
and I know that is absurd because Dirk is one of the best players we've ever seen. I think Jokic has the ability to be that, and it wouldn't. I I expect him almost to continue to be that good. I think Joel Embiid, though, no shade at him. I think he's going to have an incredible career. But you're picking between these two right now. I will go with Nikola Jokic. Good question. All right. Uh, Jason wrote in and asked, what athlete do you think has the best social media? Oh, Kevin Durant, not close. Not even close. I, As soon as I, I got this uh, question, it was like, oh, KD. I, who else do you guys think has a better social media than Kevin Durant? I mean, he's a troll, one that we can all relate to. He's savage. And he... What is um, his Twitter bio? It's like, I'm me, I do me, and I chill. Something like that. He had the whole burner fiasco, which I just think is funny. And everyone has a fucking burner account, I bet, if you're in the NBA. So he just got caught. And now he basically was like, when he got caught, he's like, yeah, I just like to talk shit and mix it up with people on Twitter. And so he gets rid of the burner. Eh, probably still has one. But he just does the same thing, essentially, from his own account. And he just goes after people. He bodied Mike Rappaport. Uh... Yeah, so Kevin Durant, best social media handle. Don't even think it's close. Curious if there's someone I'm forgetting. Um, but yeah, KD, it's just the most real. Is He's actually like using it <clears throat> like a normal human compared to 95% of athletes and famous people who use social media. Um, good question. Um, so let's go to Rob has a question. Did you actually like the Falcon and Winter Soldier or were you just kind of acting like you liked it? I think that's a fair question. Um, I did enjoy some parts of Falcon and the Winter Soldier a lot. I think that the the dynamic between Bucky and Sam is incredible. I also think that Sam's new suit as Captain America is incredible. And I also think that the fact that he is becoming Captain America, I was down for that. I liked that they're exploring that character in this way, like we saw in the comics. Um did I actually like it? Yes, I liked it because I am a giant nerd and superhero fan, and so I'll pretty much like any of this shit. I mean, maybe not all of it, but I would say, like, I don't know, I think I gave it, like, a 7.5 out of 10 when we, me and Peter wrapped up with it. Now I would go maybe to, like, a 6. It was good. It had a lot of flaws. Like, you guys know, I mean, I hated Carly Morgenthau, the Flag Smashers. There was a lot of problems there. Um, I actually didn't mind the Sharon Carter, uh, like swap or not swap, but character arc change of her being a bad guy. I liked that. I liked Zemo. Wish we got more of him, I guess would be a complaint. I thought the John Walker part was good, but they did drop the ball in some big moments. Like the whole last episode, there's just a lot of like, why are they doing this? This doesn't make sense. And then there's obviously the thing of like, there was a whole storyline that was cut out of this show that had something to do with the pandemic, I think. So that obviously triggers a bunch of people. There's the other thing, though. For me, it's just like, just tell your story. You People should be able to separate what happens in a fucking superhero movie to what's going on in the world. It's a superhero show. We should be able to like understand that that's not the world. I think we can give ourselves credit to be smart enough for that. But going off that there was some parts of the show that you clearly see like this doesn't make sense so they probably had that stuff i would say yes i liked the show the more and more i look back on it i do think there was a lot of missed opportunities and i haven't said this yet but one thing i thought a lot when watching the show that actually pissed me off a ton besides like the carly morgenthau stuff 
they like nerfed Bucky. I know he's not the Winter Soldier anymore, as in he's not like a train, like a programmed to kill, like going for the head every time, going for the kill. But I mean, the dude's one of the gnarliest people on the face of the earth, and it just felt like they nerfed him a little. Like, I don't want to ever see Bucky lose to the Flag Smashers. That was dumb. I mean, if you remember Bucky in Winter Soldier or Civil War, he's incredibly gnarly. He is at the level, the, I would say he's at the exact level of basically Steve, Captain America. I mean, except when Steve got to a wield Molnir. I'll give uh, Steve the edge there, but Bucky, they nerfed him. And yeah, so I, I, see, I see where you're coming from, Rob. Um, another question, this one was from Luke. It was about uh, the new Game of Thrones show. He goes, do you have any faith in this upcoming Game of Thrones show? Because I don't know if I want to get myself into it after how the original Game of Thrones show ended. Okay, I get that. I mean, I obviously, I was fuck, I'm still pissed. I think I tweeted yesterday or something, justice for Jon Snow, just because I'm a freaking weirdo and I'm still thinking about it. But um, yeah, I'm incredibly excited for this new Game of Thrones show. One, because of... Like I said with the superhero stuff, I'm a nerd. There's going to be a bunch of dragons in this thing. So, fuck yeah, I am down. Like, in the last season of Game of Thrones, spoiler, when Danny loses her mind and basically burns down all of King's Landing, yeah, like, they didn't really do the best job of putting enough, like, building Danny to that in Season 8. But if you just take it from, like, that when you're watching the dragon just burn down the city, that was fucking awesome. That was awesome awesome and then there was that remix they did to hell's bells which if you haven't seen that is a great great danny king's landing hell's bells look that up it's a it gets you hyped um so yeah well this show is going to be called it's about the dance of the dragons which is the targaryen civil war danny was obviously a targaryen Jon snow was as well um and it's happening about like 300 years before the show takes place um there i think there might be a chance that I don't know how much time is going to be covered in the show. Because there's theoretically, if there's like 200, 220 years maybe covered in this. I don't know how long ago. We could see the birth of Rhaegar Targaryen, John's dad. I don't know if it's going to go that far. I don't know the exact dates of that. But I think that could be interesting. And just we're going to see why there's no dragons anymore. At the start of this, there's going to be tons of dragons. And... We're going to see why Game of Thrones was the way it was, where when dragons came back, everyone was shocked. So I think that sort of stuff will be cool. Um, I looked at the casting, and, I mean, it looked good. I mean, what, did we... I didn't know anyone besides, like, Peter Dinklage and Sean Bean before Game of Thrones. I might be forgetting someone off the top of my head, but I think that they're good at casting and know what they're doing there. Um, and the other thing about this show, guys, it's not the... D&D, Dan and Dave, who fucked up Season 8 because they wanted to go do Star Wars and then they didn't even get to do Star Wars because Season 8 was so bad. It's a different crew. It's some of the guys from the old show, the ones who directed... Uh, I'm forgetting his name, but he direct, directed like Hard Home, Battle of the Bastards. So they're getting some strong, at least from their work in the previous Game of Thrones show, some strong directors, writers. So, And the whole story is mapped out in this scenario. Like, it's, it already happened in this fictional world. It's not like how with Game of Thrones, the books aren't finished, and so we didn't know how it was going to end. There's, like, a whole book where we know exactly what happens in this time. It's like the Fire and Blood book. It talks about this. So we know all the big moments that are going to happen, or if you look it up, you do. I'm not, I don't think everyone off the top of their head knows all the big moments. I don't even. But um, I think that that will help because it will be less 
guessing what George would do and just kind of do it. So I hope that makes sense. Um, another question here. This one's from Chris. Who will win the NBA title? Simple and straight to the point. I like that. Um, so let me break down how I'm thinking about this, guys. I've been kind of getting high on the Bucks a little. I was like, ooh, the Bucks. like, I, I don't know. I think Giannis has a chip on his shoulder with a little disrespect he's gotten because he's won these MVPs but hasn't gotten the, the championship or made it to the finals. Um, so I think there's that. I think he's, he's better this year. He's just getting better. I think the Drew Holiday acquisition by the Bucks is incredibly underrated. And if you look up actually what the Bucks gave up to get him, it's so dumb that the Pelicans did that. At first, we thought they were giving up too much, and I, I think I said that. I was wrong. I think that that was a great trade for the Bucks, and this really helps um, the Bucks ceiling in the playoffs. You have, you have a elite, elite, elite perimeter defender in Drew Holiday, and that big three they have offensively of, uh, obviously, Giannis, Middleton, and Drew Holiday, I think is formidable, but um, I... I'm still on the Nets, guys. I still think that the Nets have way too much offensive talent to not win. James Harden is coming back from an injury like either tonight or in a couple days. It was a hamstring thing. Part of me thinks they could have just been resting him. The way the Nets have been all year, who knows if anyone's hurt or what they're doing because it's a weird season. They might be trying to rest people. Just for me, I think Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. He's the baddest man on the planet. <laughs> and so if he... If you have a healthy Kevin Durant and a healthy James Harden, you're going to win the finals. And you have Kyrie. Like I, I do, though, rank those other two above Kyrie. But I, if you have, if KD and Harden are healthy, and I mean, hell, Blake Griffin's been playing decent and getting some big minutes, so hopefully he can keep doing that. I love Blake. If you have those two superstars healthy, I think that uh, the Nets, I mean, I think they'll beat either the Lakers or the Clippers in the finals. Um, I'm not ruling out the Warriors upsetting the Lakers. But here's the thing of the 7-8. The Warriors, let's say they win that, which everyone thinks it's like crazy that that could happen, but it's like it's one game and Steph Curry can score a fuck ton. Anything can happen when you have someone like that. It's the same thing if the Warriors were massively favored and the, other, and the Lakers had LeBron. When you have players like that, it's one game. It, things can be random. One player can just be the best player on the court. Um, so... But the thing about that playing game, it's like, so if the Warriors beat them in that 7-8 initial, the Lakers are still going to make the playoffs. They're not going to lose to, uh, I mean, what at this point, I think it's the Grizzlies and the Spurs are the 9-10. So that's the one thing that I feel like the way they've been talking about this playing game of, oh, it's going to be Warriors-Lakers. If they one of them loses, it's like probable that, I mean, if the Lakers lose, I'm pretty confident they could beat one of those two teams. The Warriors have been up and down this season, so I don't know what could happen. But losing that game isn't the end of because you have another chance. So I think it's important to remember that. But yeah, I have the Nets, Chris. I think the Nets are the way to go. I'm just, uh, I just will never give up on KD. I think that's how it is. Um, all right, let's go to Steve's question. We're going to do a little music here. Thank you. You know, I like to talk about music. Um, rank your favorite front men. Okay, so lead singers, front men. This is tough. This is tough. So here's what I will do for this just to make it a little easier on myself. It's not fair, but hey, that's what I got to do, people. Sometimes you got to make these rules. 
if you play an instrument and sing, I'm not going to consider you for this. That doesn't mean you can't be an unbelievable frontman and do that. Think about Tom Petty. Think about Bob Seger. Great frontmen. But just for the purpose of this, I'm just going to think of solely singers, if that's all right with you guys. Okay, so number one, no question, obviously, by far, Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger is... He is the greatest front man. He's the greatest lead singer ever. He is the best rock and roll lead singer ever. He he is everything. He's the greatest thing in rock and roll history. Him and Keith, that combo. Obviously a little biased, but if you're creating a perfect front man, it's Mick Jagger. It is. Number two, um, the king, Elvis Presley. Um, Elvis, you got to give Elvis a lot of credit for modern music and that sort of thing um it was as well as guys like chuck berry little richard the creation of rock and roll though elvis was instrumental he's still one of maybe the coolest guy maybe the coolest guy of all time um and he just has an unbelievable voice if you haven't listened to elvis in a while here's what you need to do get some headphones on crank it up just for this one i just i know it's not that healthy i do it all the time i'm not telling you you should do it but i want you to go get to the song if i can dream with an orchestra it is fucking beautiful also listen to kentucky rain by elvis just incredible songs if you haven't listened to elvis lately listen to him because he's a fucking man um next the chairman of the board uh frank sinatra at number three uh just an icon i guess he was uh what i i'm gonna be honest with you guys i don't think i've finished godfather so you can roast me for that i know my dad always brings it up though like frank sinatra's in the first godfather and i think he's like a giant pussy but in terms of being cool and a lead singer, I mean, Frank Sinatra, come on. Unbelievable voice. Um, at number four, this a lot of people probably won't agree with, but just personally, I have David Lee Roth, um, the early Van Halen. He is unbelievably cool. All the energy. We talk about how the 80s, everyone tried to copy Van Halen. We always kind of say that with Eddie, the style of guitar and that sound. Look at every single frontman from a band in the 80s. They are trying to be David Lee Roth, and no one, no one can do it. I think if you're going to say the person who, only 80s singer that pulled it off in like that hair metal scene, at least in my opinion off the top of my head right now, besides David Lee Roth, it's like probably Axl Rose of Guns N' Roses. I don't know. So David Lee Roth, just incredible. He is incredible, and he is underrated, and I love Sammy Hagar, but Van Halen is with David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth is vital to Van Halen. Sammy is great. Sammy is great. I'm sorry, Dad. I know you're a big Sammy Hagar fan. But David Lee Roth is Van Halen, as well as like Eddie Van Halen, Alex, and Mike Lanthony. But I'm just saying, David Lee Roth, Van Halen with David Lee Roth is the Van Halen I think about. And it's just an unbelievably fun band. And he's just, he's he has that jagger, just like how he's just having fun. I mean, he's also very fucked up, so fucked up drunk not like a fucked up person or i don't know he's kind of crazy obviously did a lot of blow if you ever look at an interview with him um so yeah david lee roth number four number five rest in peace to the great bond scott um he died after i believe highway to hell the album so we got four albums with him in acdc um i love brian johnson but bond scott acdc just like i was saying how uh David Lee Roth Van Halen. Bon Scott ACDC is the best ACDC. It is not close. Bon is a wild man, an incredible front man, crazy, such a great scream, that raspy voice that I think uh, 
over time, because we've had Brian Johnson who kind of does this like growl thing, or like he actually is like trying to do this scream. Bong sang. I don't know if that makes sense, but there is a difference. Like Bong, Bong, Bon was a uh, a much more. I just feel like he sang more instead of just like screaming it. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but I have Bon Scott at five. That's my top five. I mean, and honorable mentions, I'll do all the people with guitars. Um, I would go Alex. Oh, on frontman Alex Turner. Sorry, he's on this. Shit, Alex Turner's probably four. I put him before David Lee Roth and Bon Scott. So I go Mick Jagger, Elvis, Sinatra, Alex Turner, David Lee Roth, Bon Scott, and then like honorable mentions, I go Tom Petty, Bob Seger. Julian Casablancas of the Strokes should definitely be on this. Maybe even top five. Father John Misty is an incredible frontman. I think Clay Frankel of Twin Peaks is a great frontman. I think uh, Dana Auerbach of the Black Keys is a great frontman. He's a little more soft-spoken, but, I mean, the dude can just wail on the guitar. So that's the frontman talk. Apologies to Alex Turner for not uh, initially putting him in, but he is at number four. So we go Mick Jagger, Elvis, Frank Sinatra, Alex Turner, David Lee Roth, Bon Scott. Next question. This is from, I'm not even going to say their name. It's just hater. This is how this person will be described. The Chargers are cursed and will never be good. Just give up. Well, one, I know the Chargers are cursed. Don't tell me the Chargers are cursed. Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? You think I don't know that? You think I don't know that the Chargers are cursed? You think, I, you think that? I'm tortured. I love this team more than anything. And one day, we're going to break that curse. We might have to wait 20 more years or however long the curse will be for leaving San Diego. But fuck you. Justin Herbert is our, our quarterback now. He is unbelievable. Shout out to Phil, the greatest QB I've ever seen. Most underrated, most heavily scrutinized for some reason. But we're, we're in the future now. Justin Herbert, love Brandon Staley. Seems like a good coach. Hopefully Derwin can be healthy. Got to love Bosa. Keenan Allen, one of the most underrated players in the entire NFL. Look for the Chargers to do some damage this year. Not saying a Super Bowl. Or fuck it, yeah. Chargers are going to win a Super Bowl next year. Unless Tim Tebow and those Jags. <laughs> All right. I, we got a couple more questions. Let's get into them. All right. The next question we have, I have it described as coming from another hater. Um, it says, Steph ain't MVP. He's an eight seed. STFU. First thing. If you're going to tell me to shut the fuck up, Tell me to shut the fuck up. Don't give me this STFU bullshit. How much time you saving with that? And the other thing, when did I say Steph Curry deserves to be MVP? Pull the tapes, my friend. Where did I say that? I don't think I've said that once this year. I think I maybe might have said he's a, in the running before the season, which is true. He's not going to get it. Don't think he should. Eight seed, you shouldn't get the MVP. But let's, let's, look, let's, let's bring this up. Hater. I wonder who I picked to win MVP this year. Oh, Nikola Jokic. Hmm. That looks like that's going to happen. Oh, wait. And another Steph Curry prediction. I believe, not, and I when I say believe, I say I know. I said Steph would lead, lead the league in scoring. And look what he's doing. So, thank you, Hater, for making me, for giving me this opportunity to look great. Because, I mean, what, dude? I don't think Steph's going to be MVP this year. But, like, taking shots at Steph, I mean, what, he's averaging, like, 37 points a game last month and a half. He's going to be LeBron, too. Um, all right, here's another. Um, see, here's where they're coming at me, folks. Uh, Mike says, the Lakers would sweep the Warriors. Okay, 
first thing. So if that were to happen, that could only happen in the Western Conference Finals if somehow they were the seven. Because the only way that would happen is the Warriors and Lakers are going to be either the seven and eight in whatever order. Or if not, if that doesn't happen, we'll never get the matchup, obviously, because the, uh, the Spurs or the Grizzlies got in. But here's what I will say to the Lakers fans. You're not going to win this year. Great call not trading for Kyle Lowry. Fucking idiots. And yeah, I know THT hit a nice shot like last night, but yeah, he's going to be a lot better than Kyle Lowry in the playoffs. Good call. Um, And also, nice fake championship last year. Just for the record. That was fake, and no one considers it a real title. Eh, I mean, that's a little harsh. But like, fuck it. I'm, I'm being, I'm exaggerating right now. The one that's the most fake by far is the Dodgers. It was like a 60-game MLB season. Like, I get, I'm a, I like to give LeBron a ton of shit because I think he's a douchebag. But, I mean, the NBA one, like, I'm being, I'm kind of exaggerating. Well, it is a real one. But the Dodgers MLB one, like, come on, guys. What are we doing? Also, though, the thing about LeBron saying that winning in the bubble is like, he said that coming back on the Warriors and winning a title in the bubble are the two hardest championships, like, of all time. That's absolute bullshit. He played the Heat in the finals without, for most of the series, Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic, and the Heat were like a five seed. There's no way that bubble was one of the hardest championships ever. Okay, next question. Um, This is from Bailey. LeBron is the GOAT. Get used to it. Well, no, Bailey. No, Bailey. I say, F you. And fuck you, Bailey. LeBron's not the GOAT. He's just not. There's a guy named Michael Jordan who exists, and he went 6-0 in the NBA Finals, and never went to a game seven. And I'll take it one step further. I don't think LeBron's. I don't think you can say when you look at the careers and everything. I don't think, and I'm crazy, but everyone kisses LeBron's ass so much now. I don't think you can say definitively that LeBron is better than Kobe, Magic, or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Suck on that. That's how I feel. Last question, Tom. Beatles have so many better songs than the Stones. Tom, you high right now? The fuck's going on? The Beatles wrote, I want to hold your hand. The Stones wrote, Satisfaction. The Beatles wrote, Can't Buy Me Love. The Stones wrote, Midnight Rambler. It's like comparing the Wiggles to a real band. The Beatles are in the class of the Wiggles. I understand if some people are soft and can't handle rock and roll that you might think this, but... The Beatles, the, I'll end the podcast with this today, guys. The greatest conspiracy of the last, last thousand years is how somehow the idiots of this world have made people believe that the Beatles are the greatest band of all time. That is bullshit. That is not true. The Stones are better. Zeppelin's better. Tom Petty's better. We could go on for a while with bands that are better than the Beatles. That is a conspiracy that rivals with the JFK. I'm not that good at history, so I actually I'm decent, but I just can't pull, remember anything right now. But um, yeah, the Beatles are not better than the Stones. Come on. You wuss. Come on. What are you doing here? Talk about real rock and roll. The Stones. Listen to Exile on Main Street. Came out like 49 years ago today. Great, great album. Um, okay. That is the mailbag for today's show. That's actually all of episode 96. Let me, let me know how you guys felt about this type of episode. Uh, 
just kind of going through the main storylines, listen, getting some listener questions. Um, if you guys like it, we'll do more of it. Obviously, the more questions you send in, the more of these I can do. Um, so yeah, episode 96. Thank you everyone who tuned in. Um, and again, we'll be back later this week. We'll have Peter on to talk about some Marvel. Um, going to be talking a lot of Spider-Man specifically, as well as we're going to get Josh Bilker on to talk about some NBA playoffs, as well as my guy Dom, who we had, um, about a week or two ago and we might be hearing from big dog as well um exciting things guys we're on the road to episode 100 here of the pineapple couch and just thank you to everyone who's listened to an episode shared it uh, came on it's uh it's really fun doing this so i will see you guys next time have a great rest of your day god bless love you see you next time Thank you.